my younger daughter is here. Can I just point her out because I love her? There's her hand up on the couch. That's Kinley. She's amazing. And she's a recent hire for Chick-fil-A. My pleasure is her favorite thing to say to all of us now. No, just kidding. Anyway, she's worked there for about a week, and we're glad, I'm glad you're here, Kinley. She's awesome. Um, hey, we are going to, tonight's going to might feel a little different in that I can't get this thing to be just right. Um, we're going to um, unpack some of the word, and then we're actually going to pause and pray together, and it's going to be a little more mobile than normal, and I hope that's okay with you. So if you're like an extrovert, and you're like, yeah, more people, you're night. If you're an introvert, and you're like, I'm going to run, just stay put. It's okay. Um, it, it's not like we're going to put you with someone and, that you don't know and share your deepest stuff. It's more like let's pray together kind of stuff. We just want to respond around the word together, kind of gathering and stuff. So, um, Hey, last, last week, I'm sorry, last month at Abide, uh, there was two words that I felt like God had put in my heart that I, that I um, just want to challenge us when we think about this summer. So I just want to mention it again. Um, one was courage and one was curiosity. And and uh, the potential for this summer is that this could be the best summer of your life. Like the most trans, like you could leave, get on the other side of the summer and go, I met with a living God. Like I fell in love with him. He healed me. He restored me. I saw people saved around me. Like the dreams of God fulfilled. That's his desire for the summer. And it's funny, this is our second summer here. So first summer here was kind of like everyone leading up to it was like, you're going to melt. It's so hot, you know. So we just survived last summer. I don't remember much about last summer, except we'd walk outside at like 1030 at night, and it's just so hot outside. <laughs> and I'm like, anyways, um, so I'm ready for the hot nights. Um, but uh, this summer, coming into it, and, and um, I'm, I think, a little more like head out of clouds, because we were overseas for 14 years, and so we just had moved back. And um, so I think kind of feet are on the ground a little better, a little more stable. And so I'm looking forward to what the summer has. But I, I think as we look in the summer, that one of the things I think is interesting is I kept hearing last year, people were like, the summer's different. Things change, slows down. And I'm like, no, we all work. Like, <laughs> unless you're a teacher, bless you. But most of us aren't teachers. Um, but uh, Tyler's like smiling. He's like, yeah, I'm a teacher. <laughs> He's loving his summer. Um, so... Um, but I think there's something about, I don't know, help me out because I'm new here. There's something about the heat like that forces us to want to get away or to like just slow down a little bit. Is that a thing? Do you guys think that's possible? Do you ever feel that? Summer's coming and it's like, I just want to kind of like turn a gear down a little bit or I just want to get out of the heat. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. So courage and curiosity. My, 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 my challenge invitation to us is, is courage. Is there some relationship you need to make right? You and God, is there just something you're like, I need breakthrough in this pattern of thinking or something? Is there a relationship that you just need courage to make right? That, that I think God's inviting us into this summer to be a, a summer where relationship is restored, but it's going to take God courage to get there. And you know, if there's a relationship you're thinking about, you're like, oh yeah, that's the one. And that's the thing to ask God, give me courage. Curiosity is, is leaning into him and saying, I'm curious, God, I want to know you more. To whatever degree we've walked with him, whether you're new to walking with Jesus or you've known him for years, there's a curiosity. I, I've known him for 30 years. I gave my life to Jesus when I was really young. And 35, probably. I don't know, a long time. It's been a while. Um, and I still look into the summer and I go, I'm curious, Lord, I want to know you more. 
I don't think there's an end to a relationship with him. I don't think we hit a point and go, oh, I'm set. <laughs> but it's like, I'm satisfied and God, I'm hungry to know you more. So just to offer that to you, if either one of those words or something you're just needing, some like focus point this summer, that would, those would be good ones to take a hold of. Courage and curiosity, okay? Um, so uh, last month at Abide, we talked about Isaiah 61, one through, we read one through seven, and we focused in on verse three, the second part of verse three, and it said, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And this is, that's the verse that God put in our hearts for us as we just made this kind of shift in identity of who we are as a community. Um, and that's where this came from, is actually that God would establish us as an individual and as a community throughout their different stages of life. God would establish us in greater places. And that in the middle, there's the fire of God. It's just we are committed to God purifying us. We're committed to his presence. We're committed to his healing power. We're committed to intimacy. That, that in the middle of who we are, we're committed to walking with him. That's who we are. Um, so, so, so last month we unpacked that. And then if, you, if you're looking for some great read that will change your life, read through Isaiah 61, one through seven. If you're looking for what's my purpose in life, land on four through seven. There's something in there that you read and you go, oh, I could give my life to that. It's rich, it's deep, okay? But this, this, uh, today we're actually gonna go one through three. And, and um, what's kind of interesting about this is that it's actually, um, and we're gonna get into it, but it's broken into sentence fragments or sections. And then there's specific things that God's giving us in exchange. So you're gonna hear me say that word a lot. In fact, this kind of with the summer, that's what I'm praying for us is that we would take a hold of the great exchange. There are things in our lives and other people's lives where we walk in or we carry and God's like, if you'll give me that, I'll give you something so much better. You guys know what I'm talking about? Hopefully we all have things that come to mind where like, oh, he gave me that. He exchanged a bad relationship with a healthy one. He exchanged brokenness with freedom. He exchanged something with me. And that's part of where we're going tonight. <clears throat> is just looking for more. Um, if you ever wonder what your purpose in life is, look at 3B. Okay, so I'm going to say it again. That, 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 uh, that we would be oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. You and I are on this planet to display his splendor. Say it again. You and I are on this planet. You were born. God chose you for this time in life to display his splendor. Nothing more because we don't need anything more. Okay. It's, I, last month I talked about the sun and the moon and the, the moon glows because the sun reflects off it. In a sense, that's, how, that's his invitation to us is that you and I are created to display splendor in your job, in with your roommates, if you're married, in, in the interactions when you go to the grocery store. You are, and I are created to display splendor. And that's a life journey of just when I'm walking in fries and I'm getting stuff, it's like, Lord, how do I display your splendor here? How do I live out the reality of who I am? Um, so let me lay, before we jump into some of these verses and then uh, pray, let me just lay a little bit of a foundation I think is important. Okay, so we have the God of the universe that's all-powerful, right? He created everything. He knows everything. He's amazing. He heals and restores. Why does he not always heal? I don't know. Why is there pain in this earth? It's, it's sin. It's Adam and Eve. It's the bad choices. It's it's a complex question, but I know and we know that scripturally that God promises he heals and restores our lives. He's a God who loves to step into our world where we are and know us and show himself, okay? 
God sent Jesus to the earth. Jesus lived a few years on this earth and he displayed God's splendor. And then he said in, in John 16, 17, he said, it's better I go away because the Holy Spirit's coming. So Jesus died, buried, and he goes up to heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father now. And he says, it's better I'm not here because right then that was God in one place. And now this Holy Spirit is in all of us if we know him. And he's roaming throughout the earth to find whose hearts are fully committed to him. Okay? So what we have here is there is a God of the universe that gives us a part of him, the Holy Spirit, and lives inside of us. And now his power works through us. So there is no possible way if you pray for someone that's sick, if they have a broken leg, you can heal them. You can't. But if in Jesus' name we pray for someone and God heals them, it's God's power working through us. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, so Colossians actually says it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Everything in my life and your life that's good is God. <laughs> like the best day, the, the most best choices of days we can live, we never can measure up to say we still fall short. We still need a savior. Okay. So God's desire is to display his splendor through you and I. So as we start praying for things, this is what we're after, is that confidence that it's not me having the right prayer and saying the right thing. Do you ever get that? If I pray louder, if I say more words, maybe something will happen. You guys ever, yeah, maybe? No, no one? Okay, yeah, that must just be me. Um, um, but because sometimes we want breakthrough, we want freedom, we want God to do something and we can't quite make it happen and it can be frustrating, it is for me. Until I go back and go, wait, wait, you're on the throne. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. You actually can do something I can't do, okay? For whatever it is that we're praying for. So let me give you an example of what this is. You guys turn to Matthew 14, if you got your Bibles with you, or it'll be up here too. So backdrop here is Jesus and the disciples. They're doing life together. And all of a sudden, there's a whole lot of people, 5,000 men plus, that are like, we're hungry and we're in the middle of nowhere. And do you have that, Drew? Okay. And, and, um, and, and Jesus turns to the disciples and goes, hey, what do we have to feed them? And the disciples are like, send them home. You guys might be familiar with their story. But I wanted just this sequence. I wanted of God to Jesus, to Holy Spirit, to humans, and now God does the work through us. So this is a, a biblical example of that, okay? Can you bring that up, Drew? This is verse 18. Okay. So this is right, at, right before this, the, the disciples say five loaves and two fish. And then Jesus says, bring them to me. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, Jesus did, taking the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven, he gave thanks. God, thank you for providing for us. Thank you for the miracle you're about to do is what he's doing. And then he broke the loaves. The next verse. Then he gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. And look what happens. All of the people, they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples pick up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. You see that sequence? Jesus is like, hey, I got something. And he could do it on his own, but he's like, I want to work through my people. I want, to, I, want to, I want them to see the power that lives inside of them. He, does, he breaks the loaves and the fish. He gives it to the disciples. The disciples distribute it to the world. And the outworking is that people were satisfied and there was abundance. So if we will walk with him as we are, and if we will continue to just stay in step with him, people will be satisfied around us. The display of his splendor. And there will be abundance around us. Okay? So as we pray for each other, there's just a couple practicals I thought might be helpful. 
Um, one of them is Colossians, uh, second, Colossians 2, second Colossians, wait, no, <laughs> uh, Chronicles, sorry, second Chronicles, my brain just got turned around, second Chronicles. It says, um, God promises something that's out throughout scripture, but I just thought this is really clear here. It says, I will be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. A couple practicals about praying for each other. Confidence that God's attentive to your prayers. Confidence that when we pray, when we ask, God hears. Does he always do what we ask him to do? No, because his sovereignty of God, he sees what's ahead. He's like, that's not going to be good for you. But sometimes he goes, yeah, yeah, let's go there. Okay. Another practical is that we ask him how to pray. So if someone comes to you and says, hey, what's going on? Or in a minute when we're going to start praying through some different things and someone shares something, don't just go, oh, I know to pray. Wait and go, Lord, what should I pray right now? Just wait for just a moment. I promise you, if we'll give God the space, you might sense that still small voice deep inside saying, pray this way. This isn't about that. It's about this situation. Or a picture comes to mind and you're like, hey, I just want to submit this picture to you. This might be helpful. And, the, and it hits home. So if we'll, let, if we'll give him space, he'll speak and he'll help us to pray rightly. Okay, so it's, it's very important to just pause. Um, another thing I want to encourage us to do is ask for the impossible. Okay, if we ask God for things that are simple, it's kind of like I, we could do it in our own strength. But hey, what if God, you did this? What if God, you did something we can't do? So that's kind of my default when I pray for people is I, I first say, Lord, how do I pray? And so if he, if he gives a direction, we pray. But if there's something not super clear, I'm going to, I'm going to pray for the moon. Because what if? Because what if? Because God wants to display his splendor through me. So if there's something that you want to pray for someone that makes you a little uncomfortable because it pushes your faith a little bit, why don't you just pray it? What if? Because <laughs> God, the Bible says God's pleased with our faith. He finds pleasure when we trust in him. Okay? Another practical is to give God glory. <laughs> if he moves, if he touches, if he does something, if God does something unique or interesting or that there's something that person needs, whether it's outward response emotionally or not, it's like, God, you're so good. Because remember, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's not me and you having the right things to say. It's actually just praying in faith and trusting him. Another practical is to, um, if there's something that, um, something that God does, if in your life, so in a minute, we're going to pray through some different things. If there's something God does, I encourage you to tell someone else. Scripture is really clear that the power of testimony is powerful. Tell someone else, God did this in my life. This is what God is doing in my life. Somehow that testimony actually solidifies a faith inside of us that we can't gain any other way. Okay? Um, and uh, making sure to thank him. And uh, the other thing I just want to encourage us, and this is a general lifestyle thing, is as we want to grow in, in praying for people and seeing God display his glory through us, it's just to encourage us to feast on the things God is doing. Okay, you know the difference between good news and like news news? You ever read like about that school shooting and you're like, oh, that's horrible, which it is horrific. But you ever read too much of something and you wish you hadn't read it? It's like facts, it's like news, but you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'd get that sometimes. I'm like, oh, that was just, that was more than I needed to know. And then there's good news. Then there's the stuff that's like God's at work, even in the depravity of the earth around us. So just in general lifestyle, so I just encourage you, find what God's doing around the world. Find testimonies. Sam's website's a great one um, um, where he just, he records the things God's doing in people's lives. And these great little videos are awesome. 
but there's a lot of other places like that. So let's learn to feast on what God is doing instead of some of us, and, and I'm, I'm, that's, that's a challenge for me at times too, to, to feast on, like just consume news, like what's happening around the world. And at some point we're like, well, that's not helpful for me. It's actually not good for me. You guys know when that happens? Okay. Okay. So some practicals. So we're going to pray for each other for a little bit. All right. So we're going to jump to Isaiah 61. If you got your Bibles, why don't you flip there? Isaiah 61. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to take these little, little um, sentence fragments and we're going to look for a couple of things. There's exchanges here. Remember we're after the great exchange? There's exchanges God promises. There's usually an instruction like a verb, an action word for us. And we want to understand what it says. And then we're going to, I'm going to just kind of walk us through praying some of these things for each other. Okay? So verse 1. You guys with me? All right. Who, can, who wants to? I'll read it because <laughs> it's in little parts, so that wouldn't help anyone. Um, uh, okay. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. Okay? The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. Let's pause. So I'm, we're going to pause a bunch here tonight. What does anointed mean? Does anyone have any idea? Give me a definition. What's anointed mean? When's the last time you said that word? Let's say that. It's not a common word, right? What are your thoughts? What do you think? Chosen. Chosen, okay. Okay, great. What do you think? Yeah. Great, yeah, yeah, okay. Great. Any other thoughts? This side of the room, anointed, yeah. The oil thing. What's that? Chris, easy Chris. <laughs> Sorry, Chris distracted me. He said essential oils and I got distracted. Sorry, I had to correct him for a moment. We're not talking about that. <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's good. Okay, great. Okay, absolutely. Okay. Other thoughts? Anointing? So it's about authority. It's giving authority from one person to the other. And that includes kind of, I think kind of like you're saying, it's like the authority, the covering of God is now on you. So scripturally, oil is used in different contexts, um, but it typically represents um, like God is with you. There's something I'm giving you. Okay, so the word anointed is yes, it's about, it's about oil um, in a sense, but it's also, here's what I wrote down. I, th- I found this definition I thought it was really cool. So anointed means to be filled with all of the fullness of God so that you can faithfully do his work in the world. Okay, to be filled with all the fullness of God so we can faithfully do God's desires in the world. Okay, so what does that verse say? The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me. Now, um, let me pause for a minute. This is 700 years before Jesus, and we're 2,000 years after him. So this is 2,700 years later. This is just as relevant today. There's a point in the Gospels where Jesus stood up, and he's in Galilee, his hometown, and he's asked for one of the scrolls, and he asked for Isaiah 61. And he read it. He read these verses, and he sat down, and everyone was like, what just happened? And he said, today, in your midst, this is fulfilled. So you remember the sequence I talked about earlier? 
This is relevant to Jesus. He came to this earth and fulfilled it. He left that same power with the Holy Spirit. And now if we know Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, this same power is inside of you and I. Now, if you're like me, I don't feel very powerful very much, but that's okay. (laughs) Because it's not about us, right? It's about him. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's what this is about. So we pray prayers of faith because God, you're big enough to do this. Not I can't, okay? So the Holy Spirit is on us. And because of that, he's anointed us. That means he's empowered us. He's brought us his authority into our life. Now we can walk with confidence because the Holy Spirit is on us, okay? All right, so here we go. We're gonna do the first one. Let's see. So he's he's anointed us to proclaim the good news to the poor. You got the next one? So the Holy Spirit's on us to proclaim the good news to the poor. So let's, what's the exchange here? If you read just this little phrase, there's something that this person has and God's saying, I got something better. What is it? Good news for the poor, okay? So do you think, um, I've had more time to to think and pray about this than you have, sorry. Uh, But uh, when it says poor, I don't think it means financial. I think it means something much more than that, more broad. What do you think that means? What's God speaking to you? What do you think, Tyler? Maybe like poor in spirit. Okay. Awesome. So if we're poor, we're lacking something. Is that fair? If I'm poor in finances, I'm lacking finances to take care of my needs. If I'm poor in relationship, then I'm lacking the relationship I need. If I'm poor in, you fill in the blank. Does that make sense? So I think what God's speaking to is actually something that's very, very relevant to each one of us and probably to every coworker you have and every neighbor you have and all your family members and mine, is there's times when we are very aware of our poorness. If you're single, you're probably aware of the poorness. You just want to be married. And if you don't, that's okay. But most people in this stage of life are like, I I just want to be married. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that desire. But that can feel at times like I'm poor. I'm lacking something. I want something and I can't make it happen. Okay? Relationship, in a job, you name it. Just fill in the blank and go, something in my life I'm lacking. So God's exchange is I have good news for that place of lack. What he doesn't say is, I'll take care of that situation now. What he does say is, I'm going to give you good news. I think good news speaks to hope. Okay, if we ever, I talked earlier about kind of reading news and you're like, I read too much. Do you realize what's happening is hope is sapping out of us? Fear is setting in? That's the bad news part. The good news is hope gets replenished inside of us. So what's our job here? What's the verb? Proclaim, okay? So proclaim is loud and boisterous at times. Proclaim is probably something we all don't do very often. Um, but I think proclaim is also speaks to that confidence and authority that God, it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. If we lack something and, and, and we're praying for someone, then we can confidently say, God, we ask for the hope they need to, to, to walk through this situation. God, we ask for the hope they need to persevere until the time comes you provide. 
for a husband or a wife or for a better job or just fill in that blank. Because all of us have been poor different times and you know, you know that feeling? You're like, I can't change this and I wish I could. And some of us, we all have the power. If we wanted to, we probably could change that. But we pause and we say, God, we'll let you lead us. Okay? So here's what we're going to pause and do. So you guys got it? We're going to pray this for each other. Think about somewhere in your life where you feel poor. There's just a lack. doesn't have to be massive, but it could be. But somewhere in your life, you're like, there's a lack in my life. Just something. Just got enough money to pay the bills. Wish I had a little bit extra to save. Wish I could get out of the hot summer, but I don't have money to go on vacation. Whatever. You know what I'm saying? Down to, just wish I was married. That's okay. It's not bad. Okay? So we're going to break up in groups, and we're going to pray this for each other. We're going to proclaim this for each other. All right? You guys okay with that? This is church, sort of. (laughs) Um, um, Because that's what God wants is not that you just come and you hear me talk. That's terrible. But if you come and you engage with God, and I lead us somewhere, and you meet with him, and you walk away and go, I met with a living God, that's a good day. That's what we're after. Okay? And so I want to get us around practicing some of these, like I said, those practicals of praying for each other. It's just, is, is, so what I want you to do is get in a group of two or three. You can, I want you to know the people so you feel comfortable and safe, okay? And just say, hey, this is an area in my life where I feel poor. Really quick. Doesn't have to be big, but it can be. And then the other one or two people, take a moment and pray in faith. And remember, we can pray God changed the situation, but he doesn't often because he's more about transforming our character than just changing a moment where we're uncomfortable. You guys know what I'm talking about? I do. You're like, come on, Lord. And he's like, stay longer. I got something for you. You know, and I'm just like, get me out of this because it's hard. Okay? That's what we're going to pray. And our proclamation is, God, you have more than they need. Would you fill their heart with hope? So as we pray, God, how should I pray? And just wait. And if something comes to mind and it feels weird, don't say it if it's weird, but, or you can just go, hey, just something for you, you know? But it's like, maybe God gives you a confidence that you have some faith into that situation that they don't have and they need. And so pray, God, break through. God, fill their hearts with confidence or give them courage for what they need. Okay, let's just take two or three minutes and let's do that. You guys ready? Everyone nervous? Don't be nervous. This is going to be fun. Okay, everyone stand up. Yes, Luke. Oh, yes. <laughs> Luke wants people to pray with him. I can tell. <laughs> okay, again, two or three people, just real quick, that you know, that you share life with, that's in your life group, and just share one quick thing. This is where I feel poor. If you see someone not praying with someone, please grab them. We don't, no one needs to be alone here. Okay? Ready, set, go. Take initiative. You're in the group. Hey, we're only doing this for like two minutes.
Pray in prayers of faith. Let him hear your voice. Okay, 30 seconds. Fifteen seconds. All right. Start kind of wrap up your prayer. We'll get to pray more in just a minute. If you could find your way back to your seat. We are. We got more to pray. I know. I know. We're doing good. We got it. All right. Quick prayers. Thank you, Lord. Okay, um, uh, that might have brought up more emotion than you're expected, <laughs> and I'm I'm uh, I'm thankful if it did because that means your heart's soft. Okay, so I'm I apologize. I don't want to break that moment, but I just would say let's come back to it again. Okay, let's not lose that moment if God's doing something in you. Okay. Um, but we want to keep, there's a couple more things we want to pray through that coming out of Isaiah 61. The next, uh, the next verse, it says, he sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So again, what's the exchange? What's God's offering to you and I? From here, what's the exchange? Wholeness. Okay. Yeah, okay, 
Great. Okay. The exchanges bind up brokenhearted. Isn't it interesting? He doesn't say, I'll make your heart whole again right now. What's the, what's the like, action part there? What do you guys see? The bind up, okay. And what's the, uh, let's see, what it, uh, God's, well, I think it's fascinating. He says, he sent me. He doesn't say, I'm going to go and answer it myself. He actually says, I'm sending you to bind up someone's heart that's broken. If you've ever had a broken heart, you know what it feels like. Lost love, someone that died prematurely. Um, a pet that feels like a, a family member that passes away. I don't, you know, we all have the different gamuts of those and all of our pain is very, very subjective to me and to you. WebMD says that the, a broken heart is almost, that has the same symptoms as a heart attack. Isn't that fascinating? Your heart, yeah, yeah, medically, it's legit. You know, it's like your heart can ache so bad to wish that that person was back on this planet and they passed away. And it could ache so bad that it almost feels like a heart attack. It comes with the pain, comes, also comes confusion. God, why did you do this? Those kinds of things. If, you, if you've been down this road, you know what it feels like. It's a long road back to wholeness. But I think it's fascinating that God says, wait, the solution is I'm going to send you to be close to someone and we're going to wrap that heart up and protect it. And in that place of me and you being present, the healing happens. Okay? So um, what we're, we're going to respond to this again. Oh, let me say this actually. This is important. Sometimes our hearts have been broken because we've allowed ourselves to be vulnerable enough to be known and then let's say you're falling in love with someone and it's like your heart's opening up and then they're not the person you thought they were or they said, hey, I'm not interested or whatever. And, and, and human nature is, I close that off again. I'm not gonna be vulnerable again. Self-protection because it hurts so deeply. That's real. That is, you're not bad. Like you're totally normal. And don't stay there because there's healing for us. Even if that relationship was a long time ago, God's here now to say, I want to bind that thing up. Because there's a part of our hearts that gets, does, it does break, it shatters. And God's desire is for you and I to come close and to be present and to bind it up, to wrap it up. And in that place of wrapping up, healing happens. But it's interesting how it's, it's life on life is what he's inviting us into. So you might be thinking of someone right now that you're like, I think they have a broken heart. I'd, I'd encourage you tonight before you go to bed or tomorrow, text them. Hey, just thinking about you. I have a good friend right now, and his, his girlfriend he was falling in love with died unexpectedly, and he's going through it. Unmis I mean, I just, it, it, the pain is real. And you know what God keeps telling me? Just be present. Just be close. Healing happens when I'm near. Okay, so this is a promise from God. So what I want us to do, we're going to pray again. So what I want us to do is get in larger groups, 8 to 10, I want one person to say this. If it, it's like, if, if you're some of your life groups here, it's a great group to get into. Here's someone we want to pray for that has a broken heart. 
And it's okay if you don't want to say their name, they feel uncovered or something. But let's fight for God to say, Lord, bring us around them to, to, to bind up their heart. Lord, would you start to heal their heart in a way that it doesn't get hard? Because that's the, that's the byproduct, right? Self-protection, you keep at a distance, I'll never let someone that close again. And now they can't love rightly and they, they, are, they can't receive love as well. Okay. All right, you guys ready to pray again? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. So again, eight to 10 people. It doesn't have to be the exact number, but just a larger group. One person say, this person we pray for. If you're looking for someone to pray for, let me know. I can give you a name. Two minutes. Grab your group. Start praying. Quick description, then you guys just, everyone pray in quick prayers for him. Thirty seconds. All right, ten seconds.
Okay, we just got three. We're going to breeze through the next three little ones real quick. I think it's very personal. And so if something captures your attention, write it down. Don't forget. Take it home and walk through it with the Lord. Okay, then we're going to kind of wrap up and praying something specific for each other. Um, so the, the last little section of verse one is to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for prisoners. To proclaim freedom for captives and release from darkness for prisoners. Okay, so two little, little sentences there, or parts of sentences. What's the exchange for the first one? Freedom, freedom for <laughs> captives. So a captive is someone that maybe isn't the same as a prisoner. A prisoner's stuck for life. A captive's like, oh no, I'm stuck. I hope I can get out. So what's the exchange? If you're stuck in somewhere in life, God's like, can I give you freedom? Like I really can give you full freedom. I can really set you free. That's God's intention. And again, it's interesting that the word proclaim is there. That there's something about proclaiming. And sometimes for me, in the, the secret place with God when I'm praying, that God will bring people to mind. And instead of me having more words to try to call someone to a place of freedom, I just go to prayer. There's something of proclaiming something in the spirit when no one sees it does break through in the unseen places. Okay, so release from darkness for prisoners. Some translations actually say instead of prisoners, they see those that can't see. Interesting? Can you think of someone in your life or maybe your own life where you're like, I think I'm a captive. That thing I can't break. That thought pattern, that habit. I doubt any of us here are prisoners like because, because none of us are all in jail forever. <laughs> but the things that can grip us in life, the struggles can feel like we're prisoners, but the reality is we're just captive. And that's what God's promise is, is there is freedom from there and there's a release from darkness, okay? So I, I would, if something's coming to mind for you that's related to your life, I'd really encourage you, grab someone tonight, text them tonight. Hey, can we meet up this weekend? When Scott was talking about that captive and the prisoner thing, I'm somewhere in there and I just wanna be free. I promise you, you can be free from anything because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Remember that part? It's not just another church service. It's not just another, cool. it's actually Jesus that sets us free. His death, burial, and resurrection is what brings us freedom. It's possible, but sometimes, sometimes I've just found actually letting someone into that secret dark place turns on the light and sets me free. So I don't have to live in, in hiddenness anymore. Just to say, I'm scared, don't be mad at me, but here's what I've been doing and I need help. And I promise the right person that loves Jesus, they're going to come close to you and freedom is around the corner, okay? So that's the action point there is that his offer is freedom. His offer is release, okay? I like the, um, the there it is, the Amplified says, it <clears throat> rephrases this and I think it's really cool to proclaim release from con confinement and condemnation. Interesting. Sometimes condemnation can feel like we're a slave, right? Yeah, confinement. So, so it's like, I just sinned. Oh no, Lord, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And here comes condemnation sitting on top of us. If people really knew who you were, that lie is cruising around and it's actually void of the truth of God to set us free from anything we need. Okay, so I think that's powerful that we hear that. that the, the, another way of saying this is actually, if you need freedom from condemnation, something you did a minute ago, or you thought a minute ago, or you did a year ago, or 20 years ago, he's able to do that. 
It's able to set you free. Condemnation. So to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to physically and spiritually captive people and to those that are prisoners. Okay, that's another way of looking at this is there's actually a way of proclaiming freedom for people and they experience it, but it takes walking with someone, okay? All right, next little one. You guys hanging in there? Okay, good, because we're wrapping it up. Um, Verse two says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the vengeance of our God. All right? What do, you, what, do you, what do you get from that? What's interesting? What catches your attention? Hmm? What? Vengeance, Jenny said. <laughs> Anyone particular you have vengeance for? No, of course not. Uh, certainly not your husband. Um, uh, okay, so vengeance. Isn't that an interesting word? So what else do you read? Does that, does that last little phrase make you uncomfortable a little bit? Yes? What's that? They just contrast Isn't interesting? I think that's fascinating. Did you guys catch that? There is a day where God will rise up and defend, and there's 364 more days that we get to enjoy his favor. Interesting? I think if, if we were to be really honest, most of us probably read this and go, oh no, that's, that's the voice of condemnation. Oh no, vengeance, he's coming after me because I did this. I think God's a God of defense for us. He's a father who protects. He's not one who's waiting to slap us on the wrist. He's not one who's waiting to correct us when we do the wrong thing. He's actually a father who says, I know where you are, let's go forward. If you don't believe me, ask him. I promise, ask him. If you don't believe that, if you think of him more as a vengeful God that's gonna get you, you've gotta do right and wrong, there's a place of freedom of knowing God as a father who's good and capable of setting us free. And he does correct, but his correction is loving. I've had plenty of times where God just whispers, and it's a very corrective thing, but I don't feel condemned a bit. I feel invited into his love. And I'm like, I gotta repent. It's not okay. Okay? So to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. So again, when we're talking about Christ in me, the hope of glory. We're talking about this, the, the verse three is that, and they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting the Lord for display of his splendor. How do we get there? We receive this and we give this away. So I, I just want to take note here. I think what we just shared was really, really good. And I, I just want one more thing is just vengeance of our God speaks to injustice. There are things that you might have experienced in your life that's just wrong, flat out, unjust, absolutely wrong. And God rises to protect you. He really can. Sometimes we pull away from him because we think you let that happen and you shouldn't have. And we don't go to him and say, Lord, I I need you to protect me. I need to understand why this happened. So he's a God that does rise forward and say, I have vengeance to protect you. Not to bust you, not to get you in trouble, but vengeance to, I am able to protect you as my child. And that year of the favor of the Lord. Honestly, don't know quite what that means, but can we go on a journey to figure it out together? Like, what if this year you're like the next 364 days, I want to see the favor of God every single day. What does it look like? I don't know. Let's find out. I think it'd be exciting. Um, okay. Um, the next little part is to comfort all who mourn. 
And then we're gonna look at this real fast and we're gonna pray one last thing together. Um, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, okay? Um, so remember I said 700 years before Jesus? So Zion is another name for Jerusalem where the temple of God was. So God dwelled there back before Jesus and thus the Holy Spirit. God is one place and he's in that temple. He's in Zion and that's where people go to worship and meet with God, okay? So I think it's worth us noting that he's comforting all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. These are people that trust God and still grieve. These are people who trust God and still have pain. The, 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 the fork in the road divergent part in our choices in our life is when we have moments where we need to grieve, where do we go? The false comforts, and we all can make a long list of those false comforts that don't really take care of the pain, or we actually go, I'm going to Zion. I'm going to get on my knees before God. You guys remember when Jesus was talking to Mary and Martha? And, Mary, and Martha's like, Jesus, make it work. And remember what Jesus said to, to Mary? Who remembers? He said what? Yeah. What she's chosen is good, and I will not take it from her. That's a, that's, a, that's a New Testament version of this. When we need to grieve, which we all do, do we go and sit at his feet like Mary and just go, I don't know what else to do, and I don't know where else to go. I'm just going to sit with you. When our friends grieve, do we give them platitudes? Stop. It'll be better. Sovereignty of God. It's okay. You'll see her in heaven. Or do you go, man, I don't, I don't know what to do. This is terrible. Can I grieve with you? Let's sit at his feet. So the, so the exchange here is he comforts all who mourns. So there's a place of mourning that maybe you have now that you experience. And grief is a different level than even mourning. Mourning is a loss of something. Grief is something that's like, I can't get that back. Mourning's a bit of a longing. Grief is a deeper place of it's gone and it hurts. It's real. So God's promise for us, if we grieve and we go to his feet, he provides for us. He may not give us a replacement for whatever that was, but he will always take care of our hearts and get us to the place of more wholeness. Or we have choices to make, right? We go to false comforts and we miss him. And we come back to the same loop and going, oh, I'm still grieving, I'm still hurting. Okay. So again, if this is something that you like, you're in that place where you're either mourning or grieving about something, write it down. Try it tonight before you go to bed. Say, Lord, I, I gotta talk to you about something. Or if you know a friend, text them today and say, I'm just thinking about you. It's a friend that's going through grief because it's a long process, depending on what they've gone through. Okay, last one. This is going to be fun. Um, okay, to bestow. You got the next one. There we go. Okay, you guys ready? To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, an oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. Okay, so unpack this with me for just a minute. Hang with me. We're almost done. What's the exchange on the first part? Oh, you were going to say it? Were you going to say it? No. Oh, it looks like you were about to say something. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to ask you to speak. Okay, publicly. What? Crown for ashes. Okay. And he's going to give us a crown of beauty for ashes. 
The next exchange is an oil of joy instead of mourning. And the last one's a garment of praise instead of despair. So three things that I think are important to point out. Ashes have to do with something of loss. It's burned up and now I just have ashes. And it's in my hand, it's on my body. I, I have something that's gone. Mourning has to do with our hearts. We're longing for something we can't have anymore. And a spirit of despair has more to do with our thoughts. Okay? There's a place of despair that's like sadness. It could look like depression where our thoughts just spiral down. And it's that spirit of despair sitting on us. And God's actually offering a way out. I promise. <laughs> I could tell you stories in my own life where I've experienced his goodness in this area. Okay? But we never know until we try. You never know until you say, God, I have a spirit of despair and I need the garment of praise. And I don't know what that means, but can you show me? It's almost like this loving challenge, like, I need to know you're this God. I'm not alone in my, in my pain, okay? All right. Um, anything else that you notice here? Look at the verbs. Well, the one verb, to bestow. What's that word mean? Does anyone use the word bestow in the last year? <laughs> it's kind of a funny word. What does bestow mean? It's a gift, Okay. Anything else in your thoughts? What's bestow mean? To what? Put on to bestow something on someone. Okay. So this is an active invitation for you and I today. Is that we might have things in our life for people we know, but it's like that's the ashes part. It's like it's burned and gone and I can't let go of that. And he says, I actually have a crown of beauty for you. That speaks of authority and beauty, I think, speaks of preparedness. He has something that he has prepared in advance for us that exchanges the pain of an ashes of lost things to say, I have my authority and I have prepared a way for you to know my love. An oil of joy instead of mourning, as we talked about earlier, oil is a very significant part of scripture. And that oil actually is called joy. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Joy is not contingent on situations, by the way. Joy is a, is a happiness of soul that explodes when, when times are hard or when times are good. Joy is when times are hard, I can still smile because I know my God. Okay, and a garment of praise. Isn't that interesting? That praise actually is something goes over me. He doesn't say I'm taking that spirit of despair off right now. He's actually saying I'm putting something on top of you that will cover you, that will help you learn how to worship. And I think, if, I think of Joseph in this sense. He had that coat, that super cool coat, and that others saw him and thought, oh, that's the daddy's boy. That's that, that boy right there has a father that loves him. I think this garment of praise is something we put on and we choose to worship in that place of despair. And as worship happens, others look on and go, what are you wearing? That's different than what this world has to wear. You guys get that? Okay. So last thing we're going to pray for. Three things. Crown of beauty. We talked about that preparedness. If you, if you ever are like, I actually feel out of control. I feel like I work too hard because I don't, God's in charge, but I don't know. Actually, Maggie earlier was praying for us, and she had this word. And then Zach Hartke, who's actually Zach and Sarah at a wedding today, or this weekend, but he had this very similar thing. He was praying for us. And it was this idea of we, uh, it takes time. Forgive me, Maggie. I'm very much summarizing <laughs> what you were praying for us. But just this reality of it takes time 
These oaks of righteousness take time to mature and roots to go deep. There's a, there's a place of a crown of beauty of saying, I'm going to receive this because Jesus, you did the work already to make it beautiful. And now I receive that crown of beauty. And so it speaks against, and this is what Zach felt like for us as he was praying for us. It actually speaks against the striving. I got to make myself beautiful. I got to get rid of these ashes. You guys following me? Okay, striving ceases. So if you find yourself in that first part where you're like, I, I just need to like, somehow my soul's got to slow down. I just am, it's always cranking. It's always running. It's too fast. I think it speaks to this right here. Okay, the second one is an oil of joy. If you find yourself in life and you're like, man, I just need, I just need joy. Like I'm not a depressive person necessarily. You might be, but I just need joy. That's that, that foundation that's unshakable that everything's okay because God's on the throne. Yeah, regardless of what's happening around me, that's joy. And the last thing's a garment of praise. Is it maybe tonight you're like, I just need to praise again. I need help. Not, I don't live in this life of worship like I want to because life and situations and things like that are weighing you down. Okay, so three things. We're going to pray for them. One is if you're like, hey, I want that crown of beauty like I'm describing. And if you're a guy, that's okay. It's not like a feminine thing <laughs> at all. Um, um, two is if you need joy. And three, if you need that garment of praise. Like, I just want to be a worshiper again. I need that grounding of a heart of worship. So we're going to get in three different spots, and we're going to pray for each other. You guys ready? So we're all going to stand up. I'm going to show you. So if you say, hey, I want, uh, let's say, you say, hey, I want this oil of joy. Why don't you go right over there? Don't eat, the, don't eat the cereal yet. That'll bring new joy, but you can't eat cereal yet. Go right over there. If you're like, I need joy, okay? And it, it's okay. We're all human. We all need these things. Crown of beauty, that settledness, that authority. I got to know you're in charge. Got to feel out of control. Life is fast. I need that settledness that you've done the work for me. If you find that in your soul where you're just cranking too fast, why don't we say we'll go back in that corner, okay? And then the last one is a garment of praise. If you're like, I just, I just need to worship again. I need something on me to help me come alive in my worship. Why don't we pray right here? And your thoughts. What, Jenny? Yeah, the despair. If you're also in that same place where you're like, I, I can relate with despair. I just need something on me. Okay? Why don't we all go right here? Come on. It's great. And what I want you to do is just start praying for each other. Lay hands on each other. Pray out loud together. Whatever you need to do. But everyone get prayed for. Okay? Just lean in, start praying for each other, asking for this, okay? If you need to, be specific with someone and just say, this is where I need this prayer. So, okay, so you guys, this is a great group. Um, okay, why don't you grab someone next to you? Grab someone you know. Grab someone you know. If you don't know someone, grab someone you don't know. <laughs> and say, this is the... the <laughs> If you make eye contact with them, grab them. Just kidding. Um, okay? And start praying this. So say, hey, this is where I need this praise. And start praying it for them. We'd love to pray together. Okay, just to help you together. You're good, back. Don't worry. Yes.
Okay, one more minute, one more minute. seconds. up the prayer. Good job. Good job. Way to go. You find your way back to your seat. Rock hard. All right. This is good. So good to pray. a seat. So good to pray together. So good. Okay. The, uh, the verse that I wanted, and then we're going to go into worship for a little bit to wrap up. Um, I just verse 3, the six, Isaiah 61, 3, the second part. And they will be called oaks of righteousness. That means others look at you and go, you're established. You're solid. The wind moves you. It's okay. But you're an oak of righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God. And they will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. As we walk through some of these things like courageously, God, I need help. I got a spirit of despair. I need help. We bring people in our lives. We lean into our life group and, and help our life group be awesome. Just what we need. We lean into community. As we lean into those things, people are going to see us and go, something's different about you. Your life is both established by the hand of God, unshakable, and your life is a display of his splendor in my life too. And the world's going to look on and go, what is that? 
That's his promises, okay? So I just want to invite you, uh, Isaiah 61, 1 through 7, I invite you, if you're looking for somewhere to dig in the word every day, read through it. Read through those seven verses every day and say, God, teach me today what you want to teach me. I promise every day there's going to be something in there that's new and fresh. Just capture it and respond to them. Okay. Hey, good job praying tonight. It was funny when I mentioned we we're going to get up and pray. How many of your eyes got really big? <laughs> well done. Good job. That was fun. That was different, um, but it was good. Um, and if there's something also just that's kind of lingering, like, oh, that, that, that awake, that, oh, let's see, that opened a wound, that opened a place of sadness, that opened something in me that I just need some more help in, grab someone before you leave and say, hey, pray with me. Or, hey, can we talk more about this? Okay. Because I know we prayed quickly. And I know our prayers are powerful and effective, but I also know sometimes those tears mean a lot more than what we're seeing. Okay, so we just don't want to miss those moments where, where something gets exposed. It's the kindness of God. Now, Lord, would you walk me through the promises we just walked through? Okay, all right, you guys got it.